Miata, hello. It's Alison here and I'm the pastor at Sanctuary. We're based on Pequorong country in Warrnambool. And today I'm reflecting on Jesus' time of testing in the wilderness. And you'll find the story in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Since you're the son of God, says the devilish examiner in the story, turn these stones to bread. Use your power for your own ends. Whip up a miracle and feed yourself. Since you're the son of God, says the examiner, jump off the pinnacle. Create a spectacle, sell tickets, hold a circus. Let everyone see God's angels save you. It'll be great advertising for your little movement. And anyway, it's all in scripture. According to Psalm 91, they'll catch you. They'll raise you up and you won't even stub your toe. Scripture is tricky like that. Even the devil can quote it, and the devil does, frequently. But notice that this devilish examiner doesn't question Jesus' sonship. Since you're the son of God, he says, do this. Since you're the son of God, do that. The testing isn't to find out whether Jesus really is God's son. That's not in question. Instead, the testing is to find out what Jesus does with this reality. Since you're God's chosen one, God's beloved, what next? Will you use it for your own ends? Will you feed yourself? Will you seek wealth and privilege? Will you use your status to ensure you are cushioned when you fall? Will you worship God? Or will you worship power and prestige? Will you worship yourself? What are you really made of? These are the questions being asked of Jesus, but they are asked of others too. Long time ago, the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness. Since you are God's chosen people, they were effectively asked, Will you return to Egypt, where you can feed yourselves on fresh cucumbers and pot roast? Or will you remain in the wilderness, trusting in God's word and heaven's bread to feed you? Since you are God's chosen people, they were asked, will you act as you see fit, relying on God to save you? Will you travel when you want, go where you want, and invade the villages you have your beady eyes on? Will you wait for the pillar of cloud to show the way? Will you seek God's word before you act? Since you are God's chosen people, they were asked, will you seek to dominate the whole world? Will you try to become another Assyria, another Egypt? Or will you trust God to guide and regulate your community and let God negotiate with and regulate other nations as God sees fit? The extended story of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy is a story of a community grappling with these and similar questions. And of course, it's a story of God's exasperated faithfulness through numerous broken treaties. But like the scene in Matthew's story, it's a time of testing as God asks, what will you do with your chosen status? What are you made of? Who or what do you really trust?
These days the questions take a different shape. To the wider church it might be asked, do you seek political favour? Do you hold secret meetings with senior politicians? Do you lobby for power and influence? Do you try to shape policy for a diverse nation in ways which are bullying and suffocating for many, yet which shore up your own privileged position? Or do you regulate your own community according to your relationship with God, but trust God to negotiate with and regulate everyone else? What will you do with your chosen status? Since you are the church, it might also be asked, do you use your status to cushion you when you fall? Do you hide and even perpetrate moral scandals, criminal abuse? Do you listen to victims and offer restitution and justice? Or do you block, cover up, obfuscate? Do you hire expensive QCs to argue every loophole and get perpetrators off on technicalities? What are you really made of? Do you put the Lord your God to the test? And since you are the church, it might be asked, do you use your resources to feed yourselves? Or do you feed others, trusting God to provide what you yourselves need? Do you trust in corporate culture, mission statements, five-year plans and numerical growth? Or do you trust in foolish stories and microscopic yeasts, little birds, mustard seeds? Do you trust in the gospel? Do you trust rejection, failure and death? Do you give your money, your bread and buildings, even your lives away? What do you really trust? Well, we here at Sanctuary are a small faith community. We don't own property or any real assets, nor do we have trust funds. We don't have significant reach or power in the upper echelons of society, and questions like these might seem irrelevant. And yet, in different form, they also pertain to us. Since we are the body of Christ, named as Jesus' siblings and, in the words of 1 John, given power to become God's children, it must be asked, how then do we live? How much time and energy do we put into feeding and protecting ourselves and increasing our personal influence? Are we anxious about material comfort, investments and insurances? Our social media impact, or whether our lives have significance? Or do we trust God to feed us and shape us and use us in small and humble ways? Do we let God guide us through life's journey? What do we really trust? Well, the devilish examiner wanted to know this of Jesus. And he learned that Jesus refuses to be a superhero or a strong man. Jesus rejected material comfort, spectacular feats and worldwide domination. Instead, as his life and ministry show, he trusted only God. And he emptied himself of power and he gave his life away. The angels might not have let him stub his toe 
but they allowed nails to be driven into his hands and feet. He could have turned stones to bread or made them shout with praise. He could have called up angel armies and avoided the cross altogether. But he chose differently. He chose to trust in God, not in his own efforts, and he rejected wealth and power and status. Instead, he opted for compassion and nonviolence, vulnerability and love and children and bread and picnics. And through these small, weak, humble things, God's power was revealed through him. So you can call me the devil's advocate, but I wonder, since you are God's child, how then will you act? Will you feed yourself, cushion your life and seek to expand your influence? Or will you trust in God's word and feed on heaven's bread and follow Jesus all the way to the cross? This Lent, which way do you choose? And what are you really made of? I'll leave you to pray and think about that and perhaps make some real practical choices towards Christ. Now there's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.org and this week we began posting our daily reflections for Lent. Each piece is written by a member of the congregation and is about the relationship between their faith and a particular local place. I highly commend these readings to you. They're great and they will continue throughout the 40 days. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal and you can find the details for this on the website. And to those who support us financially already, Thank you so much. It's a great encouragement to this little congregation. This reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pequorong people of the Eastern Ma Nation. It's a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. This week has seen a heat wave and black crickets and another wave of dragonflies which lurch through the evening air like military helicopters. I pay my respects to elders past and present. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen.